put yourself in this situation. You're at work. Something terrible happens to your coworker. You have to rush in. Do you know what to do? Let's say you have to administer CPR. Do you know in that moment exactly what you're supposed to do? Melissa, I'm going to guess the general census, the, the general answer to that is a lot of people don't know what to do in that situation. No, we have to remember that when we're in crisis, we're going to go into one of three modes. We're going to focus, we're going to fold, or we're going to freeze. So focus people will get in to start doing something, and they'll do whatever they can figure out to do, whether they're trained or not. Folded people will pass out, run away, you know, fall over. And then we have frozen people, which is a large majority of our crowd will just stand there with that bystander effect, like it's a bad movie they're watching. Yeah. And like if they, it's after the fact, they go, gosh, I could have helped. So, yeah, it's a it's a natural response because you've got to remember you're going about your day doing everything you're going to do. The last thing you would ever expect is to need to provide life saving care. Yeah. And I, I'm going to be completely honest. My wife works in healthcare. Um, God bless. But her. some of the some of the stories that she tells <laughs> yeah. me and, you know, uh, or, or she might be watching like a, a documentary on Netflix and it's medical related yeah. and just watching like I can't like a, a bone sticking out of skin or somebody like bleed. I, I can't do it. I just, I can't. Really? So I feel like I would be put in that category the where I, I would just freeze, either <laughs> or fold or freeze where I just, I, I, I don't, I would not know what to do. And so that's kind of why you're here to help us and help our listeners understand the importance of being CPR certified. So my yes. first question for you is how easy is it to get certified? Oh, it's easy. Um, there are always opportunities. We're in downtown Smithfield. We do CPR classes once a week because we believe it's very important, not only for our health care providers, child care providers, the people who are required to have it, but we also leave those open for the general public. And we'll even go to churches and um, community groups and teach a, a version called Friends and Family CPR, which is a little less expensive. Because the thing is, a lot of people think that the difference in life and death is what the advanced provider does. And they definitely make an impact. But what a lot of people miss is that it's what is done in those first moments that really defines survival for someone. If everyone's standing there, I did EMS when I was in college. I went to East Carolina and I was a basic EMT. And, you know, if, if we got there and everybody's standing around screaming, do something, but they've done nothing while we were there, the person did not ever survive. It is literally those first moments what you do. So what we try to do with like awareness events like this is teach people that something is better than nothing. Bad CPR is better than no CPR. And if you can just start off with hands only CPR, it at least gives the person a chance to survive until you've got time to organize your thoughts and remember what you know. Get on the phone with 911, let them walk you through it or someone who really knows what to do more than you can get involved. And and you mentioned hands only CPR. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people, when they hear CPR, they think mouth to mouth. Right, right. And, and that might be a reason why some people are like, ah, I don't feel comfortable doing it. It is the number one reason. It is the number one reason. I tell people if, if we were on Family Feud, Steve Harvey would make fun of us, but it's going to be the number one answer on the board, right? No one wants to do mouth to mouth on a complete stranger, and that doesn't make you a bad person. It means that it's human basic survival, self-preservation instinct. But what we have learned is it's the compressions that is the most important part. Eventually, yes, they are going to need breath, but especially and in those first moments, just starting with compressions makes the difference in life and death. So you you brought us some stuff. Uh, yeah. We are going to try this yeah. in studio. First off, I, the this thing that you that you gave me. 
Yeah. Uh, please explain to me what this is. Okay, so I gave you a pocket face mask because we know that the number one reason that people are less likely to do CPR is that mouth-to-mouth component. So there are actually keychains called face shields that you can use that are barrier devices. And I keep one actually. I didn't bring that. I'm, I'll mail you one. It's all my keychain, and it looks like a regular mask, but it has a valve on it that protects anything from coming back on the victim to me. Uh-huh. So I can blow area. And what I gave you was one step up. It's a pocket face mask. And so it allows us to then have a barrier between them and us again, because we're worried about secretions. I mean, the the blood, the vomit, just the spit, let's be honest, that's kind of gross. And so this mask at least gives us what we need so that we've got a safe barrier between so we're more likely to get involved. All right, so we have that mask, but uh, we also have this uh, this mannequin, yeah, uh, in front of me. And this, I mean, it's it's it feels real, it looks real, yeah. Uh, and so if if you're gonna you're gonna show me uh, or explain to me how to do hands only CPR, yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Right. Are you ready to do it now? Or are we gonna take a break? Sure, I, I think we uh, I think we're ready to do it right now. All if right, you want to cool. do this, if so you wanna... if you will stand up, yep. So what I want you to do is I want you to stick your hand straight out and lace your fingers together. Okay. So lace your fingers. So yep. Like this. Uh-huh. Okay. And then put your heel of your hand. I tell people it's mid-nipple line or where they're supposed to be. Because if you say the lower half of the breastbone, post people don't know it starts way up here. Okay. So that's where you're going to put your hands. Lock in your elbows. You're going to start pushing hard and fast. Push. You should see two green lights on that mannequin light up. Good. A little bit faster. Okay. It takes some work. I mean, it's kind of surprising to people how much, because this is a, a child or a small adult. Perfect. All right, I see the green lights. Right? That's, that's a good sign. So what's the song that everybody says to use? Staying Alive. Staying Alive. Right. Staying Alive, right? Okay. There's definitely more songs that we can use, but yeah, just keep Stand, going. Uh, uh, Staying Alive. Staying Alive. Uh, 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 uh. Staying Alive. Staying Alive. Now, imagine you're doing this. If you're doing hands-only compressions, I would need you to do 200 compressions before you stop. Oh, wow. Right? And you've done like 15, and it'll make you a red (laughs) face, right? It's a a lot of work. What we have to remember is when we're practicing in a class kind of scenario, we have to remember the fact that your adrenaline's not kicking in. It's going to help you in a real-life emergency. But that's why we get people to practice, and we, we really advise that people recertify every two years because if you don't touch it at least every two years, you're going to remember it after the crisis, but you're less likely to remember it during. Wow. So you want me to explain to you why compressions are so important? Of course. Of okay. course. Yeah, so yeah. So every you can sit back down. We'll okay. rest for a minute. I'm telling you, it'll put it on you. Yeah, I was going to say, how <laughs> I, how many did I do? Like 15 or 20? Yeah, like uh, maybe, you want me, I'm maybe supposed 20. to do 200. Yeah. yeah. So if, if we're teaching a certification class and you're doing breasts, we do 30 compressions and two breasts. But again, what we want is just the immersion awareness to get started. So I tell people... Um, so I teach all these different medical classes and I'm, I'm going to teach this class that I have zero interest in. I always said I never would teach it. And I always tell people that's when God laughs at you, you know? So of course yeah. I'm starting my new business. I'm broke. And they're like, we need you to teach this class. And I'm like, of course I am. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, okay, what's going on with this? So the most amazing thing to me about the human body is the fact that when a woman gets pregnant and she goes for an ultrasound, what is the only thing they're looking for in that first ultrasound? Heart rate? Heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. So think about this. Your brain hasn't developed yet, yet your heart beats. 
Yeah. Right? I like, didn't even think like, about that. Yeah. So yeah. like so like I realized this years after being a nurse. So basically what that means is that the pacemaker of your heart is like a battery and a toy. And you know how at Christmas you give the kid a toy and you pull the plastic out and all of a sudden the battery connects, right? Yep. Yep. So basically when life starts, that light kind of starts blinking. But in order for a battery to stay charged, something has to keep it charged, right? That's where the pump comes in. So the pump not only circulates blood flow, but it keeps the battery from going dead. So then that way um, life happens. Okay. So then something like a heart attack happens and you get a clot and the pump isn't pumping. So it short circuits the electrical system. Mm. So to keep the battery from going dead, we're going to do compressions, right? And then in that situation, that's where we go and we get the AD, that shocker box thingy, right? Because basically what that does is it puts 50 tasers of energy into your heart to stop all electrical activity. Because if my phone locks up right now and it malfunctions and I control alt delete it and I turn it back on, as long as the battery's not dead, what should happen? Turns back on. It should restart. Yeah. That's it. So that's why the compressions are so important with things like overdoses. We're seeing overdoses, you know, the highest ever in the history of the world. Basically, your car ran out of gas. Hmm. But as long as you keep your battery from going dead, you can listen to the radio. Right. Yeah. So all of it goes right back to doing those compressions again. That is the most important component. Again, we're talking with Melissa Overton from medicaltraining.me and uh, more information, websites and and social media. And and you also mentioned you guys are located right here on the triangle yeah we're right here in smithfield so we're just a hop skip and a jump and we travel all over the state providing these classes and providing awareness about heart attack and stroke um it's just my passion to connect with people and um and just when moments matter this is what happens right so we try to teach life saving for when moments matter melissa thank you so much uh this this was great it was eye-opening and uh, again goes to show the importance yeah. that everyone should know if you're put in that situation because you never know when it's going to happen. Bad CPR is better than no CPR. Yeah. And, it, you know, don't worry about being sued. You know, the Good Samaritan law says as long as you don't go crazy and put a Capri Sun straw in somebody's throat, you're probably covered in these situations. Um, but all the fear and doubt that comes in and gives you a million reasons for why shouldn't I do this? What if I'm not enough? Just understand there's nothing you'll think that we haven't ever thought as, as healthcare providers as yeah. well. But the difference in saving a life is doing something. The difference in you laying your head down on your pillow at night is whether or not you did something or whether you stood by and always wondered what if.